Hello, hello. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to another Wealth Coffee Chat. I hope you're all awesome and well. Got a few of the early birds in already, which is Aaron. Morning, mate. Good to see you. Alison. Alexis. Hey, there's something going on there. Are all the A's in the alphabet the early birds? <laughs> Aaron, Alison, Alexis. All the A's. Good morning to you. Great to see you here. Yep. Need an extra coffee. This morning, just to get things going, I hope you're all awesome and well. Hey, Melinda's all the way from Singapore. Melinda, good to see you. Bradley, Graham, Alex in the house as well. Thanks for joining, team. Great to see you. <laughs> yes, indeed. The A team, indeed. The A's are always early. There you go. Well, while things are warming up, and everyone's uh, getting themselves ready. I hope you've got a good coffee, but uh, thanks for joining me. Ten past eight, we usually do this. If you're new, say hello in the chat. We've got a, a bit of a, a deep dive today, so uh, I won't muck around too much. But uh, anyone who doesn't know already, Jason Witten's my name. So there you go. Let us know where you're coming in from, where you're joining us from. We've been doing this as a crew for a little while now. So... Uh, Make sure you put this on the reminder. Hey, it is a podcast as well. We do turn it into a podcast which you can listen to. You can go check it out on YouTube afterwards, uh, on Spotify and uh, iTunes and other other places as well, I think. There you go. Yes, Alison. Uh, Sam was on fire last night. He's I love Sam. He's got so much content to share he's absolutely brilliant love what he shared last night and that's only the tip of the iceberg so uh, we're all very very uh lucky to have him on board chucky good morning brother good to see you love of my life uh there you go and uh, angela all the way from melbourne fantastic hey listen this morning i thought we would talk about something that's going on 885 Billion, billion dollars, billion dollars in debt. What is that? What's that referring to? Who knows? Tell me in the in the chat right now. What is that referring to? Ladies and gents, what is that referring to right now? $885 billion. What is that? Debt. Politicians. Who owes that money? That is what we see right now on the ledger in the world of Australian debt. Now, the whole world has, after the the COVID challenges, the government um, and Alexis, what I would probably say is an extension of the government, Alexis, is you and me, Alexis. We, the the Aussies, the Australian people, owe that money. Uh, And uh, we're the guarantors of that cash, that debt, just so we all know. This is an interesting one, isn't it? You know, $885 billion in debt. Um, and uh, what's, I'm going I'm to link this up to what's that going to mean for us as property investors today. So roll with me for a bit. But really, at the end of the day, uh, we owe it. The, Aussie, the Australian people owe it. The politicians are not going to pay it back. We are, you and me, uh, with our hard-earned blood, sweat and tears and multiple ways that that's going to happen. Uh, so we're going to talk about that today and maybe – 
start the conversation about what we should do as property investors to manage that in the future as we go along. Morning, Melinda. David, good to see you in the house. All right, let's talk about that. Let's talk about what is going on. Let's have a quick chat of this perspective here. The Australian government debt and historical perspective. Thanks, Gregory O'Brien, putting this together so we can have a bit of a look this morning. Check this out. Key issue, key issue. Yeah, it's a key issue, all right. The Australian government debt has increased to levels not experienced since the 1950s. In the 1950s, it's the highest level of GDP, GDP as a ratio of GDP, gross domestic product, since World War II, folks. Check this out. Since the Second World War. So economically, we've had such an issue in COVID and the world most likely that um, we've, we have not seen this level of debt since the Second World War. Second World War. So what do you guys think? What do you guys think? If we looked at what happened after the Second World War, uh, if we look at what's going to happen, let's say, in the next decade or two, to try and get $885 billion of debt under control, um, the the increase of recent times, it was already very average, five, $534 billion. Um, Now we're at $885 billion. You know, what is, what's going to happen? And I'm going to skip over to this. Check out this section here, 45% of GDP, 45% of GDP. And have a look at the interest rate paid down here. Now, if we have a look, if you guys, you know, what's happening for a lot of people right now, they fixed their interest rates a little while ago. Morning, Sonia. They fixed their interest rates a little while ago. And what's going to happen? What's what the mortgage cliff? But economically, dollars and cents, what's going to happen for a lot of those folks? And it's already started to happen this year. Put it in the chat. You know, your interest rate was 2%. Now it's 4%. You know, your payments have doubled. Well, the government has got something similar up their sleeve slash we have into the future because the payments will increase over time and the debt gets out of control. But folks, but folks, who's going to pay this debt? Who's going to end up with the bill? The government may have, um, we might say, hey, the government's paid it or the government's got us there. But ladies and gents, Where's the dosh? Where's the dollars going to come from? Tell me. We all know this. We all know this. Where's that money coming from? Because every government around the world needs to right now get that under control. I don't know if anyone's seen in France, you know, let's change some, some, um, yep, yep. These problems get kicked down the line. The can gets kicked along and the end user, the Aussie, Every single Aussie will have to put their hand in their pocket to pay this debt back. Get on top of it. Get it under control in one way, shape, or another, folks. All right? And the rhetoric, the conversation has started already, uh, and it's going to continue. It's going to continue in over this next decade. Treasurer Jim Chalmers flagged public conversation about Australia's current fiscal settings, pointing to tax reform as major policy. 
Tax report, tax reform is on its way. What does that mean to us? Now, for smart people, for smart investors like you and I, uh, we need to understand what that means and we need to understand how to get ahead of it, how to manage that for ourselves uh, and to be on the right side of the ledger. Uh, I believe that you should pay the tax you're, you, you have to. Everyone's got to contribute to society but not pay any more. And if you're able to manage and minimise that tax, then why not? As far as I'm concerned, I think the best tax is a GST, consumption. If you're going to use something, you pay some tax on it. If you don't use it, you're not paying tax. But anyway, I'm not a politician. I'm certainly not a treasurer of a country. And I'm sure there's more complicated conversations to have at that level. However, what we do know as property investors, tax reform is coming and it will land in our it will land in our lap it land in our lap for you and me right now what are the things put it in the chat for me what are the what are the three or four tax reforms or possible tax issues that we will have to manage as property investors into the future that we've got to keep an eye on there's four major taxes that as property investors, we need to understand and manage uh, their taxes or duties, all right? Yeah. Well, that is true, Alison. They, the, the, uh, the politicians said, let's bring in GST and we'll remove stamp duty, and they didn't. Uh, so, you know, you can't trust any of them as far as you could kick them. All right, so let's do this. Let's put a list of the four major taxes that we as property investors will have to manage. They're going to be around um, and um, directly or indirectly. Right. So Bradley said, all right, land tax. Yes, Bradley, land tax for sure. So let's have a look at that stuff. So land tax, anything else in there? Put it in the chat for me. Not going to give it away. Work for it, team. Come on. There's a few of you on. Let's think, what taxes can we manage or do we manage as property investors as we go? Uh, Hello, Jeff. Good to see you, mate. P-A-Y-G, that's it, Michael. So our income tax, let's put that at the top. Tax we pay on our income. Tax we pay on uh, stamp duty. Yes, exactly. I'm going to move this down. Land tax, uh, stamp duty. And then the last one, C. GT, capital gains tax. So there are four taxes, folks, that we need to have a look at, right? As property investors, is there going to be some changes to how we manage as property investors our income and our income tax? Because we get negative gearing and depreciation. Stamp duty, you know, that is a tax that is charged at um, state level. Uh, Land tax, again, charged at state level. Capital gains tax charged at national level. How do we manage those? Are they on the radar? Do we need to have a little look? Well, the government is talking about a few things that we might want to get uh, have a little look at. Now, they've engaged the Grattan Institute. They always have some uh, patsy. Go do a report, you know, and then come up with some suggestions so it doesn't look like the, the politician's made the stuff up, but at the end of the day, I'm pretty sure they do. Um, 
But let's look at this. Here's some suggestions, ways to reduce the deficit in the budget. All right, infrastructure and defence program, sure. Is that going to affect us? Probably not at this moment in time. Undo the WA GST deal? Yeah, okay. Include more of the family home in the age pension test. Right, so first one, into the future, what's this one going to impinge on or potentially interrupt for us as our, uh, as our, with our wealth strategies team, all right? <laughs> That's exactly right, Alison. Yeah, don't, don't worry about that confirmation bias indeed. Well, this one, principal place of residence. Principal place of residence is usually capital gains tax-free, and this looks like uh, an attempt to go, oh, listen, let's get, hold, let's get hold of something somewhere, you know, by adjusting the age pension if you own the family home, you know. Um, I think that's ludicrous. Anyway, today's not the day to dine out on these stupid ideas, but let's have a look at this. What's, what's, going, to, what's going to affect us? Right, uh, cut in hospitals, pathology, and pharmaceuticals. I don't know, don't think so. Um, you know, you could probably go down layers in that one, but directly keep the family tax, abolish it. Abolish business and innovation investment program visa. What's that one going to do? All right. I think that one's going to um, cause issues bringing people, population into the country. That's a secondary effect there um, uh, as you go. Here's one that I think is going to be an issue. A few people have got into NDIS, right, going to affect some of the tax deductions or the income from NDIS. There's an idea. All right, here we go. Direct stage income cuts. So this is our income. Uh, Reduce tax breaks. Here we go. Capital gains and negative gearing. This is the one that would affect us the most, team. All right, in this space here, that one. Okay. Big question mark there. All right. Uh, preservation age, not directly. Raise the GST, wind back fuel credits, petroleum, blah, 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 blah. All right, there we go. So there is a target on what's going to maybe be proposed here as property investors at this moment in time. And there's a talk about, you know, managing or minimizing the 30% marginal tax rate, you know, reducing that over time. That's still in the winds. Right. So we've got the lay of the land, folks. We've got the lay of the land. We have a future which has some debt, which is government debt slash, which is our debt as a nation. Uh, They're going to put their hand not in their own pockets. They're not talking about reducing, you know, the expenses of government. They're not not, not talking about reducing any of that stuff. They're talking about taxing, you know, uh, regular Aussies. Um, so as property investors, you know, how and what do we know um, to understand this? What is the game we're playing? What's the game we're playing, folks? All right. Well, as a game of keeping more, like keeping, it's not about making more. It's about keeping more of what you make, basically, at the end of the day that is going to always be the game we need to play, all right? And taxes become an inefficiency. So let's talk about a few of these things and have a little look at this. Income tax. How can we? What's a few things we can do? We're going to talk about income. 
We're going to talk about stamps. We're going to talk about land tax. And we're going to talk about capital gains tax, right? Now, income tax, for the moment, we've got depreciation. We've got negative gearing. Um, and we've got structures. How do they how do they do those things? Okay. All yeah, we're gonna get we're gonna get that. We're gonna get Andy's been away for two weeks on holidays and uh, he's had a good time. So we're gonna get the Fenton back on this for sure. For sure, Alison. Right. How do we manage income tax? Well, for property investors, we've got depreciation, right? Paper losses, we've got negative gearing, the ability to offset income and losses against our personal income, and then potentially we've got structures. What we do know, this is what we do know, at the heart of this, when they make changes, there's always uh, an opportunity to restructure and manage your tax deductibility. Income, there'll always be an opportunity to do that. Stamp duty, stamp duty. Tell me, team, in the chat, what can you do with stamp duty? Now, one of the one of the ones here in stamp duty is you can buy uh, a land, house and land. You can buy land and build on it, right? Okay, that's how you can minimize the stamp duty, team. Okay, minimize the stamp duty. What's the what's other ways you can minimize stamp duty in this respect as you go forward and buy properties? Well, you know, um, apartments and units certainly have um, often, um, uh, certainly in places like Melbourne and other places, there's been um, offers by the government to get more construction done and they give you uh, stamp duty concessions. So have a look at uh, look at those sorts of things as we go along. Yep, buy land and build. Um, I always liked that idea. And the idea that, you know, land tax, how can we minimise land tax? Like you guys know this, diversify across different states, okay, diversify. Diversify across different states, which has already been tested, which is good because if you diversify across different states, there is a threshold. Um, there's a threshold in land tax, which is great. Diversify in different states. Diversify in different ownership, right? We know that. So if you if you own one, if your partner owns one, you own one in your super and then you own one in a company trust, all of those have their own separate land tax thresholds, all different in different states. So check that out. Um, and um, you can get to minimize your land tax if you understand how to manage your investments well. The other one, uh, which a lot of people really don't understand, you know, this idea of like, okay, you know, land, uh, the size of your land is the best thing. You'll always get wealthy, you know, by buying bigger land. Uh, and for capital growth terms, that does correlate by about 1% more. Um, but, uh, you know, at the end of the day, if you want to minimize your ongoing cash flow expenses, cash flow expenses, folks, which is land tax as the value of your real estate goes up, then uh, owning a smaller portion of land and the building earns the money the land does not, folks, just so we're really clear, the building earns the income, the land earns nothing by and large in residential real estate. Uh, land often, uh, the longer you own it, becomes less efficient. Okay, So anyway, what am I saying? By default is 
you know, uh, an apartment close to the city for $800,000 with a very small land component compared to a house out in the boonies um, for $800,000, you're going to pay more land tax on the house. Yeah, and eventually you'll have less rent. You'll have more land tax, less rent. Anyway, we've chatted about that. Capital gains tax, what's the best way? Never to pay capital gains tax on a real estate. We'll finish on this because I know I've been uh, a little bit slower this morning. What's the best way never to pay capital lands, capital gains tax ever? Folks, tell me right now in the chat. It's a saying, never bloody sell. And this is the thing. It's never been more important to understand if you buy a good quality property that you can own for a long time, the capital gains tax conversation is irrelevant. Irrelevant. Because you're not going to bloody sell. What's the point? What's the point of buying it and then selling it? Only people who win out of that is the government and everyone else attached to you turning over that real estate. Not you. So that's why I say buy well, don't sell. Right? Don't sell. There are sometimes selling will unlock your future potential, but that's not what we're talking about today. Don't sell. Then other ways you can minimize that through structures and ownership, right? Structures, uh, ownership, and there's lots of capital gains uh, tax exemptions, uh, like exemptions, you know, rollover, super contributions, you name it. Anyway, the point is, team, folks, the point is, the point is for all of us, mark my words here, and we've talked about this, uh, in the past, me and Andy talked about it as well, and we're not the first to talk about it. Let's just be let's just be really clear. When you increase your debt from four hundred thousand four hundred billion to eight hundred billion in a two year period, you know that party has got to be paid for. Okay, that party's got to be paid for. Very sadly, uh, there's a saying: you know, good times make weak people. Uh, we've had. 30 years of good economic times. Uh, unfortunately, we've, we've created very weak politicians, weak fiscal understanding, uh, you know, and weak decision makers. And right now, the next few decades, hopefully, will make some stronger people, some smarter people, because we've got to make some decent decisions. But you and me, we, can, we don't have to wait decades. We're on this right now. We're making smart decisions for us. And that's why I am a massive fan, a massive fan of making sure you educate yourself and stay on top of this. Unfortunately, the average Aussie uh, will, you know, pretend they're a victim, whinge in the corner um, and not do anything about it. But you and me who know that there is a value in education and understanding the game we're playing and you can make smart strategic decisions to be more efficient and uh, those efficient decisions compounded over time end end up with you having more of what you made rather than less of what you made anyway there you go that's it i'm done wealth coffee chat over and out folks what's coming more taxes what you need to do is make sure you are sorted education structuring and decision making not from fear and ignorance, but from education and confidence 
So there you go. Anyway, there's a plug. If you haven't got a coach, if you aren't in an education system, you should be. Give us a call. You need to know this stuff. Anyway, done. I better go. I'm just rabbiting on. All right, folks. Wealth Copy Chat over and out. Join me tomorrow for another one. 8.10 every day we do it. So if you're up for it, join me tomorrow for sure. Great to see everyone here this morning. Thanks for joining. Uh, And until then, remember, you guys take care. This thing's a marathon, not a sprint. Buy well, don't sell. See you, folks. See you tomorrow. Bye-bye.